Welcome to River Edge Podcasts. We hope this message inspires and encourages you today. How's everyone doing? So we're going to, last week, we started, um, Kylie and I started speaking on just some things that, that Steve um, McCracken and Sally McCracken in the week um, following our 10 nights of fire and three nights of fever. Um, <laughs> That's Kylie's. That's Kylie's joke. I just delivered it so much better. <laughs> no, please, let it's not going to be that morning. Okay. So last week we started talking on two of the topics. And they were speak well and don't drift. And they were two things that we really felt like the first ones to start just talking about to us. Now that that should that should have gone out to everyone in the church. If you don't have it, a copy of the, that letter that Steve wrote to our church, um, let Carol know so we've got your email because evidently we don't have an up-to-date email otherwise you would have got it or check your junk mail. That's that's where most of mine go. You know like not from church but all the important documents. People go, "Why haven't you responded?" and then I look in my junk and there it is. So yeah. But speak well is such an important um, statement here for us to grab hold of and this is what Steve wrote in his letter he said we speak well when we speak of God often when you are together speak of God who he is and all that he is doing we speak well when we speak well of ourselves and to ourselves let's be kind to ourselves Let's speak to ourselves the words we would like others to speak to us. When you're struggling, encourage yourself in the Lord. Lift up your vision and lift up your conversation. Prophesy truth to yourself from God's word. There is life and death in the power of the tongue, including from yourself to yourself. We speak well when we speak well of others and to others. The enemy hates unity, but God loves it. He loves it. So let's purpose together to speak words that strengthen, encourage, and comfort each other. Let's speak words of life and hope. Let's speak words that glorify God and that point others towards Him. Let's guard our tongue, and if it's not helpful, let us not give it life by our words. Let's be a people who are known for speaking well. I love that. I love being encouraged. I love encouraging other people more than I like being encouraged. It's one of those things in me. I, I, if I see somebody doing something well, I have to tell everybody how well this person does this and, and tell them how incredible it is. I love encouraging people. But I love that in the spirit as well, that there are so many things that God has written about us and for us and to us that we just say, yeah, yeah, blah, 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 that's scripture. But Steve's saying here, no, 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 there's some things that we, you, we need to specifically grab hold of and speak over our own lives. Sorry, I'm doing all the talking here. Have you got a mic? Oh, good. You, you had, Kylie had some gold. We went on a trip during the week and we were just talking in the car and I'm like, you, you've got to write that down. That is, that's gold, you know, and she just kept coming out with it. But while, while she's getting ready, you, have you got something to say now? Because yeah. I hate gaps. You know, like, <laughs> if there's silence, I will fill it with my voice. <laughs> 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 
Last week I mentioned that I, I felt that God wants to restore true lordship and true discipleship to the church. And I, I spoke about how Jesus needs to be Lord of our life. That's, that is our salvation journey, is, is making him Lord. We lay down our lives, we elevate him as Lord of our life and then we follow him. And that's, that's simply the journey of salvation. And that's when we spun out of control because I started talking about t- topics that the Holy Spirit dropped about when I made him Lord of my life mm. and made him – when I was young and stupid. And I know there were some teenagers and, I don't know, 17- and 18-year-olds going, <laughs> what an idiot he was. Yeah, you're that idiot at the moment. You just don't know it yet. Um, <laughs> give it 10 years and you'll be like, I knew nothing when I was 18 years old. <laughs> I thought I knew everything. My parents knew nothing. And then I found out mm, – so, yeah, we got off track. I won't do it again. <laughs> so, in, in Matthew 16, Jesus said to his disciples, If anyone would come after me, yeah. he must deny himself and take up his cross and follow me. For whoever wants to save his life will lose it, but whoever loses his life for me will find it. And what good... Would it be for a man if he gains the whole world, yet he forfeits his soul? And I've been pondering on this scripture. If anyone would come after me, he must deny himself, take up his cross and follow me. And I I felt like the Spirit of God was saying to me that taking up our, our cross is different for every one of us. It looks different for every one of us and it's different in every season of our life. And, but, I, but he said to me that he wants me to, to spur you on and encourage you for taking up your cross. And he, he said to me that for some of you, taking up your cross has meant that you've been ridiculed and rejected by your family because of your faith. And I'm going to stand up because I want to declare some things over you. For some of you, it's been a sacrifice that you've been rejected by your own family because of your faith. And he says, I see you. I see that sacrifice that you've made because you've chosen to follow me even though you've been rejected. And he wants you to know he sees you. He sees that sacrifice. For some of you, it means that you've been rejected or bullied at school because of your faith. And he says, I see you. I see you that you haven't shrunk back, that you've still declared that you're a Christian, that you've still declared that you're a follower of Jesus, even when people laugh at you and and don't want to hang out with you. He says, I see you. I see that you're still choosing to follow me. And he honours you for that. And he sees that sacrifice. For some of you, it means that, that you've been criticised at work because of your faith, because of the cross that you've chosen to carry, because you're a follower of Jesus. And he says, I see you. I see that sacrifice. And he honours the fact that you still stand tall 
and you still live according to your convictions. He sees you. For some of you, you've endured health conditions, yet you still endure, you still believe him, you still worship him, you still press in to his presence and he says, I see you. I see you standing in your faith. Even when you haven't seen your healing yet, I see you. I see that cross that you carry and you still raise your hands and you still worship me and you still honour me. For some of you, it means that you've endured difficult seasons in your marriage when other people may have given up, but you have stood in in God's covenant and said, I made a promise before God till death do us part and I will endure this season. And he says, I see you. I see you. I see you. You've kept the promise that you made in my presence and you've endured difficult seasons. And he says, I see you. I see that cross that you've carried. For some of you, it's been difficult seasons in parenting. God has entrusted you with a difficult child. And don't look at that child right now. But he says, I see you. I see that journey. I see those nighttime prayer vigils. I see those declarations that you're making over your child. I see you persevering. I see you praying for them. I see you asking for wisdom. He says, I see you. I see you. Everything that you do for that child, you're believing for his will for them, and he says, I see that. I see that cross. For some of you, it's been financial hardship, but you have stood strong. You've come into his presence. You've believed him for provision. You've raised your hands. You've given him praise. You've given him thanks, and he says, I see you. I see you in that, taking up that cross to push through in those times. For some of you, it's been the loss of a relationship, It's been the loss of a friendship because of the cross that you carry, because of the convictions that you have to follow him. And he says, I I see that. I see that cross that you've carried. For some of you, it's been mental health issues. It's been depression. It's been things that you can't necessarily feel like you want to share with other people. And you've done the journey alone, but he says, I see you. And you've come into his house and you've raised your hands and you've given him a sacrifice of praise. Even when you didn't feel strong enough, you've given him a sacrifice of praise. And he says, I see that. I see that cross that you've carried. Awesome. He sees. He sees. The choices that we make to endure the choices that we make to press on when we feel like giving up, that's, that's taking up our cross and daily following Jesus. And when we do that, it gives us authority to speak into those situations in other people's lives because he says, I've entrusted you with this and you've been faithful with this and now I can entrust you with more. I can entrust you with more because you've pressed in to see breakthrough. And now you have authority to declare breakthrough over those circumstances and those situations in the lives of other people. So that's, that's what we're going to do now. Yeah. Um, Ezekiel, God took him to this place where there were dry bones. We know the story, don't we? And um, 
if you don't, it must have been a big army. It must have been a battle there because you don't just find lots and lots of skeletons just laying out in, in a big paddock. So he takes him there and, um, and he says, you know, God asks Ezekiel, can these bones live? Ezekiel in his wisdom says, Lord, only you know. <laughs> but then he says, you prophesy to them to live. So he could have at that point gone, okay, I speak to you, but he, but he doesn't. He says, bones, hear the word of the Lord. Dry bones, hear the word of the Lord. Now, that encouragement that Steve gave us wasn't just, don't do affirmations, I'm a strong person, I'm a dynamic chick, I'm all those types of things, whichever one you are. You know, like, um, but they need to be proclamations of who God has said you are. Because otherwise, it's on the wrong foundation. Now, now Peter tells us to add to our faith goodness and to our goodness knowledge and to our knowledge um, perseverance and to our perseverance self-control. There are seven things that we're told to add to the foundation of our faith. We're meant to actually add to it and not just have a small faith. We're meant to expand our faith and grow our faith. In um, 1 Corinthians, it says, if anyone's going to build on this foundation of faith, this foundation, it must be done with the right stuff. And it says it can be done with gold, silver, and precious gems. This is Kylie's new ring. I just haven't <laughs> made it. <laughs> can you imagine that? Like, it's really heavy, but it... But the thing is that um, these have endured, like when you, when you look at the history of where gold comes from and silver comes from, like gold is virtually, I, I'll, I'll look at the individual that I know that the answer to this, um, but it, they're virtually birthed, they're, it, gold is formed in the birth of a star. It's virtually like in the, the melting pot of the, the explosion of a star being birthed, that's where gold is like, we see it being formed. At the moment, there's more gold in the centre of the earth and the molten of the earth than we've ever, you know, harvested from the, from the planet. You know, God has just done amazing stuff. There was a prophecy also given over Australia that there is gold in Australia and you're going to come out of COVID running. So we've been leaning in saying, God, what are the precious gems that you want us to grab hold of? Because it says you can also build with wood, hay and stubble. Now, I've seen things made out of wood that is amazing and out of hay and out of stubble that you just go, how did they do that? But it says that they'll be tested by fire and they'll be proved for what they're worth. The wood, hay and stubble is when we try and patch things up by ourselves and do it with natural thinking, natural responses, natural human behaviours. But when we go to gold, silver and precious stones, these are eternal elements that God wants us to grab hold of. So this morning, um, we've chosen some people to speak well over you in certain areas. We don't know how this is going to go, um, but I know that this is authorised by God. So, Adrian, you're first up. Yes. <laughs> Where do I stand? Have you hurt your wrist? Oh, I might have. <laughs> okay. Um, so, I've been, I've been asked to speak over uh, families and marriages. Yep. Johnny, can you do me something? Plants. Just grab a whole tree. <laughs> Get one of the pot plants and bring it up here for a second. 
And empty my don't, load of firewood while you... Don't dally. <laughs> oh, yeah. Out of the trailer. That's an in-house joke. Um, I need a prop. So, because marriage... I'm going to swap hands. Marriage... Yeah. Marriage is, is like uh, a seed of unity. It's, yeah. it's the beginning of unity. Mm. Um, and, and it's important. <laughs> He's got a good plant too. Get a big one. <laughs> Just watch the lights. The lights. Comedy is good. Welcome isn't it? to River Edge Church. Comedy if you're here good. for the first time today, uh, this is. Over to the side. Yep. Where? Oh, maybe this side. No, <laughs> <laughs> Excellent. Well, thanks. Good job. All right, Mighty so that, that tree began as a seed, okay? So. Um, when we make the promise to each other, you know, man and woman sh- will become one. They'll join together um, and they make a commitment. I love what you said, Kylie, about making the commitment, you know, for better or worse. Um, for worse. <laughs> Got to remember that you said for worse. <laughs> Better's first, which is great because you want to have the better. You've got to have the good, but also for worse um, because you can't go and just abandon that tree and... We're not called to do that. We're actually called to take care of that seed and let it grow. And, and speaking well uh, of each other in marriage is really important. And what Steve was speaking last week, if you haven't listened to it, jump on the podcast and listen to what these guys talked about last week. Speaking well, because you, you gave an analogy where you were talking to others and, and they were speaking to him and he was listening to other people's voices and it, it was affecting the way he was seeing his relationship. Uh, with Kylie and and we need to be careful who we listen to and who who we speak to about our marriages um, because because they can affect how we see our marriage and how we see our partner because we need to speak well over them I just want to whether we're married or not yeah like you need to speak well if you're single at the moment you need to be praying about your marriage. You need to be praying about your partner because there could be distractions coming along that, that aren't meant for you. But, you know, that's true. it's exciting having somebody's affections towards you. But you need to pray and find out, God, am I the right person for them? Are they the right partner for me? Is this, yeah, sorry, I'm just adding that's that That's excellent. There. Very true. <laughs> because I see, I've been reading about, because our word for the year is jubilee um and and the jubilee god actually as they declare the jubilee year you know the 49th year he's already given them a harvest before that to take care of them for three years so it's like there's already something taking place before the jubilee is declared so so you need to to start doing something before your marriage is declared Uh, why not prepare for it in advance excellent so in ephesians 4 it says uh, be completely humble and gentle be patient Bearing with one another in love. Make every effort to keep the unity of the spirit through the bond of peace. Unity is where is in a marriage. We have to have unity. You had unity at your... Oh, that's really hurting. Okay, let's carry something else. You had unity. You're both speaking the same Larry, Mary, <laughs> language in your ceremony. You know, I, I declare I'm going to, for better or worse, for richer or poorer, you're in unity in your language. You're in unity in your thought. We're here together. We're getting married. We're going together. You need to, if you've lost that, you can come back to that. Just like a tree, if it, a plant, if it's, if it's suffering, 
and it's withering and it's not being tended well, it can come back. You don't have to give it up and go to another tree. It can come back. It's time to tend to it. It's time to speak life to it and speak well to each other. And, and if, if you have been speaking to other people not well about your partner, you need to stop that. And if you, if you need someone to speak to, find someone who's going to speak life into that relationship. Find someone who's going to lift your vision and see your partner better. God is a good one to talk to about that and see what he says to you about it and listen. And it's a good idea to obey. Right. Okay, so um, and families as well, the tree is our family. We grow, the branches grow, everything comes out of that. Fruit comes out of a tree as well. That's our children. Speak well to our children. Speak well to little ones. Speak well over our families. I often find myself talking with Leanne about kids, obviously other people's kids, not mine, (laughs) and we'll be like, oh, this and that, and and we find ourselves in a position where we're... We're not necessarily speaking well over our children. We need to guard our words. Speak well over your kids and and stop the negative talk and and prophesy the positive talk. We are going to be in unity again and we are a family and we are going to have a good relationship. And and I want to – Steve mentioned – I was talking to him this week about it and in Malachi – In Malachi 4, it says, He will turn the hearts of the fathers to their children and the hearts of the children to their fathers. It says, and that actually talks about through the preaching of, of Elijah, yeah. which, is, yeah. which is John the Baptist. Yeah. He, he's, he's, well, it could be John the Baptist because he was speaking the, the, about repentance. And it says in there, it says, The reconciliation that is produced by repentance. Sometimes we need to say, Sorry, I got it wrong. And, and for my kids, I've got it wrong at times, and I'm sorry. I've got one over there. I've got one there. I've got one behind the screen, Regan. Jotham's in wreck. But I'm sorry when I've got it wrong and when I've spoken poorly to you guys because you are precious. So let's speak. And, and that reconciliation, sometimes we need to repent. Sometimes we need to say sorry. And that's okay. It's, it's good. It's healthy. Yeah. Forgiveness flows. I think I'm done. That's good. Um, Thank you, Father. Yeah. Yeah? Good. Do you want to pray for families? Yeah, actually, that, thank you, because I was thinking that as well. I'm like, do yeah. I go? Do yeah. I stay? Is this the time to pray? It is. I, it is. I think it is. Welcome to River Edge. <laughs> All right. So, so can I ask, if anything that I've said has jumped out to you, can we pray with you? Yeah. Can we agree together yeah. to speak well yeah. to our partners? And would you be bold enough to stand with me? Because yeah. because I'm standing for myself right now. Yeah. So, Father, for our relationships and for our marriages, for our precious partners that you have given us and we have united with, and for those who are still to come, yes. we speak well over yeah. them, Father. Bless them. Let the blessing of Jesus and the, and the freedom of Jesus and the peace of Jesus be over them. Thank you for the Holy Spirit to bless them over our families, Father. 
and over our children, Father. You are the greatest, Father. They are your children. This is your family. You are Lord of our family. We submit to you, Father. We humble ourselves and ask you to heal our land, heal our family, restore our family. Thank you for the beautiful children you've given them, even if we see them as difficult. Thank you for each of our children. Thank you for helping us to see things properly. Give us eyes to see our family properly and a voice to speak prophetically for the future and for right now, for what we see is your kingdom, Father. Your kingdom come in our family. Your will be done. We declare your goodness and your unity right now in Jesus' name. Let it be. Let it be. Hallelujah. Amen. 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 And thank you for fruitful wombs and for the immaculate conceptions, divine conceptions. Thank you, Father, for babies. Bibis. Chelsea. Chelsea is our youth leader. She's going to speak well over our teens and whatever you want to. Like, it's yours to say. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> we had um, no precursor of what this was going to look like. And Dad was like, I don't know. Do you want to do it? So, <laughs> so it could look different for every person that's going to come up and share this morning. Um, ever since I was a young person, I guess I've always been a young person. Ever since I was a teenager, I was very aware quickly that teenagers were misunderstood by people older than them or they would make assumptions. And so I like took it upon myself as a 14-year-old to make sure that I was an upstanding citizen to break like that curse of perspective. Um, so if I was out with my friends, I would like do extra nice things to show the people of Mujura we're not all rat bags. And so I was out, I was like determined to make teenagers look good. <laughs> like it's a big thing, the weight of the world on this girl's shoulders, right? <laughs> Oh, and there's all those scraggly ones out there, like, breaking, like, the average. Like, anyway. So, <laughs> I'm like, stop doing that. You're the reason. Um, <laughs> but seriously, um, there's a lot of young people in our city that don't have understanding parents. You know, there's a, there's a lot of young people that come into our church that are broken and hurting and they don't necessarily get heard but God hears them and God knows. Um, and so, yeah, I feel like what I am about to speak out over our young people ties in so, like, so tightly with family and with parents especially because, like, I don't have kids and the thought of it is very big to me. So I just have so much respect for our parents in the room. I have so much respect for our parents in the in our city, um, and so I'm going to speak over our parents, but I'm going to speak over our young people, oh, over schools, yeah. and um, yeah, just that God would have his way, and God would come along, and, and his ways would tie in with the way we're doing things. Yeah, um, if you're a young person in year 7 to 12, could you please stand, and we're just going to pray over yeah. you. Great. Look, Look at them all. all. Yeah. Look at them all. Good so looking good. bunch. So good. Woohoo! 
So these are, these are some of our youth, but we actually have a lot more that come in on a Friday as well. So we're just going to imagine them standing in the room also. Yes. Yeah, yes. Yeah, good. Drag um, her up. <laughs> I just want to speak out to all yeah. of you guys that you were made by God for a purpose. Yes. And he didn't make any mistakes when he made you. He knows what he's doing. And he made your mind in a special way. He made your heart in a special way so that you would be able to come into this world and make it a better place. Whether you were planned by your parents or not, right? God knew what he was doing from the start. And whatever has been spoken over you by your siblings <laughs> or by your parents or by people at your school or by people that you've never even heard what they've said about you, they don't always know the truth about who God made you to be. But God knows the truth. So you need, to, you need to tap into what he says about you. And you need to come to know what he says about you. And so, Father, I just thank you for all of these beautiful young men and young women that you have made and ordained and appointed, God. And we just speak that they would be understood, that they would be heard, that you would give their parents and their families grace to take them on, Father, and to encourage them, to spur them on in the faith, God. I pray that you would give parents the wisdom, the understanding, and the grace, and the, um, the all-sufficient love to to just come around them come alongside them to understand their destiny and their appointment in you God I pray that they would speak into what they hope for that they would speak into what they see in their young people not just not just today if they act up we see more than that if they if they rebel we see beyond that God and we thank you that you that you are you are you've got them in training that you are just breaking off those those rough edges and so father we thank you for all misconceptions about teenagers that they would be dissolved and and that you would give us the the eyes to see that they are the future and they are the hope of this generation God and I thank you father that when they when they come alongside you when they when their lives become entwined with yours it's an unstoppable force it is an immeasurable force so we come against every lie every deceit we come against every seed of of rebellion we come against every seed that would try and and bring death into their minds, death into their hearts and try and stop them and, and try and take them out early. But God, we just speak life and we speak truth. Let the, let the voice of truth be the loudest voice in their mind, be the loudest voice in their school, God. And we just pray for cultures in schools that are toxic, that are breaking our teenagers apart, that are fracturing young minds and young hearts. And we just speak the life of Jesus to overcome it in your your name, Lord God, by your blood, by your power and by your spirit. Thank you, Father. And I thank you that you have not given these young people a spirit of fear. You, you do not give a spirit of fear. But God, we believe and we speak over them a power, a, a spirit, a power, love and a sound mind in the name of Jesus. Be glorified in their lives from now and ongoing. Amen. Amen. I forgot to do one really important thing at the start was when, we pr when we're doing this, if, you're, if it doesn't include you, pray for those that may be standing around you because this is family. This is what – and Zach. Zach is um, leading up our young adults and young adults is a huge spectrum. That it's, a, it's a time in lives where you go from you're stepping into, you know, 
independence in a real way, like in a real, real way. And, and it's a time that we're seeing so many distractions, even more so than on teenagers. It seems to be the, the pursuits of life and all those things. So Zach's going to speak over our young adults in the, in the room. So grab the mic. Thank you. Oh, Jesse, can you grab my car for me? Thanks. Yeah, just pull right here. No, that's all right. <clears throat> um, <laughs> sorry, I just want to be like Adrian. Yeah. I got encouraged to read uh, from Genesis this morning. Um, okay, it's about Esau uh, and Jacob, if you've heard that story before. All right, here we go. It starts with, I'll set the story for you, it starts with the story of um, Isaac, Isaac's sons. Um, all right, it's talking about their mother. When her days were to be delivered, were fulfilled, behold, there were twins in her womb. The first came out all red, all over, like a hairy garment, and they named him Esau, which means hairy. Afterwards, his brother came forth, and his hand grasped Esau's heel. He was named Jacob, supplanter. Isaac was 60 years old when she gave birth to them. When the boys grew up, Esau was a cunning and skilled hunter, a man of the outdoors. But Jacob was a plain and quiet man, dwelling in tents. And Isaac loved Esau because he ate of Esau's game. Rebecca loved Jacob. Jacob was boiling pottage one day when Esau came from the field and was faint. And Esau said to Jacob, I beg of you, let me have some of that red lentil stew to eat, for I am faint and famished. That is why his name was called Edom. Jacob answered, then sell me today your birthright. Sounds like a conversation between two kids, doesn't it? I want your rights, Esau said. See here, I am at the point of death. What good can this birthright do to me? I'm hungry. Jacob said, swear to me today that you are selling it to me. And he swore to Jacob and sold him his birthright. Then Jacob gave Esau bread and stew of lentils and he ate and drank and rose up and went his way. Thus, Esau scorned his birthright as beneath his notice. Whoo! Oh, God was speaking to me this morning uh, about this story, and and I had uh, such a um, heartfelt moment with God um, about uh, brothers and sisters, and and uh, and in this story, Jacob inherits Esau's birthrights which is in the end his leadership his judicial authority over the family and inheritance and I just wanted um, any young adults here tonight uh, today sorry if you're I'm just gonna say between like the ages of like 17 to like 30 even can you like stand up yeah yeah, um, yeah so uh, God wanted to declare over you guys today that you would be real brothers and sisters and that you guys would be blessings to each other and you would grow in friendship 
not just to those you know, and that you would serve each other in words and actions, we would, and that we would look at each other, because sometimes God's, um, we find ourselves in a position where uh, we look at people that um, we don't know or we know, um, and we look at each other and we say, um, you're actually doing what I want to do, and you took that from me, but that's wrong. Because God has something different for you, for you, or or something the same for you, and and we say no, but they've got what I want, God, and and we compare ourselves, and and God wants to break that off you today. If you feel that you're coming underneath that, God wants to break that today. Thank you, God. And I just want to reiterate what Adrian said. If you've lost that, you that can come back to you. It can come back. Maybe you feel like you've left something important of you, something important in your faith. You've left that behind and you feel like you've lost it and it's not coming back. And maybe you feel like you've um, lost a relationship and it's not coming back. And maybe you feel like you lost a connection with a family member and that's not coming back. But God's saying that that will come back if you would like it to come back. And God wants to pray into that and he wants to heal that. And that happens because it happened in my life. And I thank you, Father, because God says, because we we sing, if you're not dead, then he's not done, and bigger things are still to come, because each day is a new day, and I declare that over you, that blessing that each day is a new day. I pray that over you right now in the name of Jesus. We're looking forward to tomorrow. The Bible says that his blessings are from above the clouds. And so this story of uh, Jacob and Esau, I was like, God, what does this mean? Like, what, what are you going to restore to the young adults? And God was saying, I'm going to restore their position and their inheritance. So thank you, Father, for the young adults. Everyone's standing up. Everyone that is a young adult in Mildura, Father. And I just pray. I pray for your, your, that you would put them back in their position, Father. Back in the position you, you meant for them, Father. We thank you, God, for the position of their hearts, the position of their minds coming in line with you, Father. We pray for um, their inheritance, God, the inheritance you have for them, Father, in health, um, restoring their body, Father, the inheritance in, in the way that in their um, calling, Father, I pray for visions and words over their life spoken to them that put them in the career path, Father, that's going to bring out their faith, Father. The career path is going to bring out a, a, um, a financial income for their family, Father. Thank you, God. In the name of Jesus, we declare this. Your position and your inheritance will be restored to you today. In the name of Jesus, amen. Great word. Awesome. Dad, where are you? Do you want to... My father does not like to speak much. It's like I have to drag him up. Come on, Dad. Look at this. I'm, I'm giving him time to walk up, but he's still like, oh, do I have to? But he, he inspires me so much, this man, um, and the wealth of knowledge and wisdom and spirit that he carries. Um, as my mother said at one point, if you grow into half the man that your father is, then you're going to be a good man. And I'm still aspiring to that. <laughs> G'day, everyone. How are you doing? What a beautiful day God's given to us, hasn't he? 
and I think we should thank him for that. This is the day God has made. We will rejoice and be glad of it. Yeah. And that's the scripture I woke up with this morning, and there's an old song we used to sing. I woke up this morning with my mind stayed on God or on Jesus, and, and how important that is to have. We mightn't always be thinking of him or conscious, but we need to have that attitude of God is real and this is God's day. He's made it and, and two things in it, be glad and rejoice. They're two big keys in life. And I'm speaking about the refired group. We called it refired rather than retired because <laughs> we're still looking forward. And that's so good, isn't it? And I have never in my life thought I'd ever get old. I still don't think I am, but... <laughs> You've got to face up when I turned 81 last week. You've got to face up the fact that we're getting older. But I believe you must need, in your spirit part of your beings, where it's most important that uh, we have an attitude of youthfulness, of youthfulness in our spirit rather than our mind and our body. And uh, I think it's so important. I've just got one word to share mainly for those of us who are over 70, whatever it might be, seniors. But I think the battle when you get this age is in the mind. Uh, you know, I think it's in, in that area. When you're younger, it's in the flesh and it's in all those sort of things. But when you get older, there's a battle in, that goes on in your mind. And this song we, that we used to sing, I woke up this morning with my mind. If you wake up with your mind thinking of scrambled eggs for breakfast, there's a, you know, it's not going to lead you anywhere. You've had breakfast, you're gone. And you can get scrambled in your thinking and thoughts. But it's good to wake up thinking of God. mightn't happen straight away, but just thank him for the day, thank him for what's ahead. And I think that's important as for the seniors of our church to to be looking ahead with anticipation because we can't lose. If we die, we go to be with God. If we stay here, we rejoice. So what a, we're in a good position. <laughs> we're, in a good, we're in a good place. And I want to encourage people to realise that as you get older, we're in a good place in God. It's planned that unto man, women to die. That's, that's coming. But uh, God doesn't want us thinking on that. He wants us thinking on life and living and rejoicing and thanking God every day for the day he's given us. That's so important because we become what we say. There's no doubt about it. Just as we become what we eat, we become what we say. We make a pathway for ourselves. And so if you're confessing good things are ahead, the most important part of faith is expectation. It's the most important part. Have an expectant heart every day that God's working and willing his good pleasure in your life until that day when you go to be with him. So I'd like to pray for the seniors and myself today. Thank you, Father, for those that are uh, seniors in our church, God. We thank you. They're an important part of the body of Christ for the wisdom they've learnt, for their character, for their lifestyle. When we're younger, Lord, we thought of more growing up, getting married, all this. That's past, Lord. We're thinking more of, of helping others and reaching out to other people. So, God... Keep our heart that way every day, Lord, that we might be conscious of you, keep our mind stayed on you, that we might have a sound mind, Father. Ask it in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Daniel and Linda, you guys coming up? So, we've gone a little bit over, but it doesn't matter. Is, is this okay? Okay. I could, I could, like, set this story up really well, but Daniel will do it better. So... Because <laughs> the testimony of Jesus is the spirit of prophecy. And um, what these guys have gone through in the last, what, 15 years has it been? Yeah, about that long? Probably. Tell the story, otherwise I'm just going to say it wrong. <laughs> well, I'm here to clean up. Everybody else, everybody else that hasn't been prayed for. Uh, 
You're mine. <laughs> um, probably in the last two years, um, like Linda and I have been, we've been through a, a pretty tough desert. And, uh, but we're out of that. And we're not there anymore. And uh, you see, we were the timeline for the desert. And uh, the abundance and the blessing, like this time last week, I needed probably the biggest financial breakthrough ever. And I got it. Come on. This week. Come on. But let me tell you something, that's not the best thing that happened this week. Because <laughs> Steve rung me up and said, uh, I'd like to, you to talk about something about drifting and stuff. And the best thing that happened this week was I had to go and move the irrigation and so I set my, um, my alarm for midnight and as soon as I woke up, he spoke to me. <laughs> and he said, tell them what I'm like Ooh. so they won't drift. You see, God is a faithful rewarder. For those who diligently seek him. But know this. There's a promise to the drifters. It says that if you ask and you doubt, know this one thing, that you will receive nothing from God. That says that in James. But down the track, it says those who persevere and are diligent. It says, you shall receive the crown of life. I am sick of hearing of drifters testifying of their hardship. You know, there's too many watchmen. They're not waiting for the coming of the dawn. They're captivated by the night. We need watchmen who are waiting for the dawn. I'm, ca I'm captivated by the dawn. You can give me millions of dollars, but I wait for him. And it says, as the deer pants for the water, so my soul longs after him. Can you be distracted by the things that you desire and the things that God's, God can't give you because you, you'll be distracted by them because you'll leave him? His presence. You know... In the second book of Daniel, which is straight after Revelation, I wrote it. <laughs> and it says, if God's in the church, nothing's wrong with it. If God's not in the church, everything's wrong with it. <laughs> and God says to me, said to me, he said, Daniel, man is like... He's made in my image. He said, but a woman I have given my nature. And sometimes us in our marriage, we can't hear the woman. And then we can't say, we, we say we can't hear God. And if we can't hear the woman in our life speaking, we won't be able to hear God in our life. We, if we can't hear the one who we can see, how will we hear the one we can't see? And God's taught me 
to seek his presence, but God resists the proud and so does my wife. <laughs> God weighs the heart, so does my wife. She weighs the intention. She says, why did you give me these flowers? I can't tell you that, but I'll make something up. <laughs> and the, there's, a, there's a massive, I believe God's, God, there's a massive revelation of the prophetic and the woman are going to find their value yeah. in the church. Yeah. Come on. And, and, uh, and then, but in that, we will find his presence. You know, the woman has given the same traits as God, the helpmeet. You know, they oftentimes don't have the authority to go and do it. You've got it. I've got it. But they have this nature on the way to do it. And uh, we need those to marry. They need to be one flesh. See, after sin, Adam named Eve. But before sin, God called them Adam. And he says, and when he called them Adam, he met with them. And we need that to be restored where he comes and he's he's walking with us. And let me tell you something. He will give you anything if you can abide with him when it gets tough. He He says, whatever you ask for, I'll give you. He actually told me another thing. He says, whatever you and your wife agree on, on. I'll give you. And I said at the time, I'm not getting anything. (laughs) Because she was resisting the pride. Oh my goodness, we should desire humility. And it takes a long time to get that. It takes a long time for that. That's why you're in the desert. We're so easily distracted. We're distracted from his face. And when we can maintain his face in our life, seeking his face. See, when you seek his face, you seek the person of God. That's the, that's the holy of holies. See, in the, in the outer court, we want all these things. In the inner court, we want all these blessings. In the holy of holies, we want his face. And we need to move. And that, but it costs. You know what? You know how much it costs? It costs exactly the same amount to stay married. And if you guys can't stay married, how are you going to maintain his presence in your life? God told me, he said, said to a friend of mine, he said, uh, God's going to use you in the area of marriage. I thought, oh, man, how boring. <laughs> no, I want to heal the sick, raise the dead. You know, I don't want to sit around like, you know, she said this, he said that, you know. <laughs> but there's a revelation in it. There's a revelation. Like, you know, where, you, where two agree, he's in the midst. It takes a bit for them to agree. Because if a man asks out of his ego, the woman's not going to agree with him. And he won't get it. Or he can go get it and it'll be an Ishmael. And I've had an Ishmael. My God, I've had an Ishmael. And I left two years with nothing. Two years ago, I left with nothing. Worked 10 years. Left with absolutely nothing because I had an Ishmael. And let me tell you something. I don't ask for anything without him. And the confirmation that I have him is if she agrees. Mm. 
And if he's resisting me, this is a good chance she's resisting me. <laughs> and if she's resisting me, it's like, you know, there's a threefold cord. Yeah, come on. Yeah. You know, marriage should be as strong as ever in the church. And let me tell you something, it's going to happen. Yeah. It's going to happen. I knew she'd start talking. <laughs> I set her off. <laughs> and just to sort of kind of back all that up, when I got saved, I didn't have a Christian background whatsoever. So I knew I had the Holy Spirit and I was angry with God because in the church back then, women were not equal in their God-given authority realms. And I was mad with him because I thought if you created me in the likeness of your image, why did you put me under a man? You know, like I want to be equal with man, with man. And I was in my room and I was a very young Christian and the Holy Spirit clearly spoke to me in the word and he showed me the curse of Adam and he showed me the curse of Eve and he showed me that Jesus reversed the curse because that was not our mandate in life that man and woman were not equal with God. And from that day on, I think I rejoiced in my unit and the whole world heard because I realised it wasn't God putting that on me. It was man and his design of hierarchy that he didn't create. And from that point on, I realised, obviously I was a single woman and I, I was a single mother, and he taught me, without being married, what his design intentionally was. And so when I, 11 years later, when I met my man, boy, we wrestled a lot because we had to come out of religion and we had to come out of a lot of that rubbish that is not the Lord. It's not God. And we come through, like we're still coming through, but in that um, reality of the power of agreement is if he's called us both to be together... And we have authority before him to speak and make choices. It's not that women don't. We don't not make choices because we're going to get to heaven and the Lord's going to say, why, did you, why didn't you obey me? And I'm, oh, because I go through him. It's like, no, I'm called individually before the Lord, yeah. you know. And then I realised his truth and I realised we went up to the farm for 10 years and we can call it a desert. It was incredibly awesome. Um, but at the same time, we went through incredibly lows of incredible stuff but in the midst of it I said to him we have nobody here we have no church we haven't been to church for 10 years we have no support um where do we run to and I felt like he would constantly be drawing me to him we met with him he was if he's not there with you in the desert you're going to die you are not coming out alive and I realized if we did not have him you know, he is our ever-present help in times of trouble. We were in some serious trouble, you know. And so it was like we called out to him. It didn't matter how ugly, how deep, how grey. We were so broken. Like, we, we couldn't fix it. And um, he showed up. He always showed up in such incredible, miraculous ways. And now we realise on this end of the scale, we can't do it without him. If he's going to call us into something, he'd better show up because we can't do it in our own strength. And um, he's taught us a lot about this power of agreement. Anyway, I get a phone call from my husband last week, week before, and I was at the op shop shopping, 
And he's like, he goes, what you doing, love? And I'm like, oh, I'm spending money. You know, I do what I do best. And he's like, yeah, well, I'm spending money too. And I'm like, okay, what'd you do? He goes, oh, I've just bought a whole new herd, rah, rah, rah. And I'm like, how much? And he's like, you know, a bit shy of $3 million. And I just went, okay, you know. But in saying that, he's like, prior to that, he's like, oh, he rings me and he's like, can you pray with me? Love, I've got this deal happening. Can you pray with me? And I said, no. I said, I'm not praying with you. I said, where are you getting the money? And he's like, oh, rah, rah, rah. And I'm like, well, if you're making a deal with him, you go pray with him. I'm not in it. I'm not doing it, you know. If God's in it, it's going to be up, you know, like he's going to work within us. So I said to him, I'm not praying with you and you can go pray with someone else. Um, Anyway, long story short, he uh, drops that situation. But the reality of what I'm trying to say is that he does work with a power of agreement. And I'm not that low that I don't know my authority in God because I'm not here to please him to make, you know, upset all these little plans and take away all these toys and pull him back from all his desires and his realities that he wants to go for in God because I'm there too, you know. And so for me, I'm like, if if this is not going to work for all, we're not doing it, you know. And we learnt those lessons extremely hard in our marriage. But I'm glad that he has, is and showing us our true identity and our um, position in him of who we are so that our marriages and our families are working on his foundation and not religion. Yeah. So can I, can I pray for... So everybody here who you feel you haven't got the crown of life, I want you to stand up. You're not living in... You believe there's got to be more of God than what I'm, I'm doing. And you're drifting from his face, his presence. I would like you to stand up. And you say that, Lord, I have been drifting from his presence. I've been captivated by the night. I've been captivated by every conspiracy theory. I've been captivated by anything that would distract me from you. And I want to pray with you. And, we, and his promise is if you persevere, you will get the crown of life and you will walk in victory. And what you declare shall happen because you are, you are God's ambassador here on earth and you will inherit. See, your land is what you declare. If you say, Lord, I ask you for the nations, he says he'll give it to you. You might ask for the youth on your street. You might ask for your children. Doesn't matter. And so, Father, right now, God, we need to repent from being distracted from your face because you are the lily of the valley. You are the bright and morning star. You are our hedge. You are our our fortress. And, Lord, like the waiting of the dawn, we wait for you. And Lord, we persevere. And I just pray for everybody standing here that wants the revelation of Jesus in their life. I just pray that you'll give them that. And they will pay the price of perseverance. They will pay the price of being one-eyed, not double-minded, single-minded, Because a double-minded will not receive anything. He's unstable in all these ways. But Lord, single-minded and single-eyed in Jesus' name.
And I would just like to share with you one little story last of all. It's my son and daughter are there, Sharia and Frank. And they went to, they were, fell in love, long story, they might tell it one day, but they fell in love and anyhow they went to Sweden. And Sharia had to come back three months early. And Frank was left over in Sweden. And there was a, a time where he's got really lonely and really depressed and he'd say, oh, Sharia, I'm so depressed. And Sharia was like, oh, no, oh, no. And let me tell you something, if he wasn't depressed and if he was going back to his old ways, he wouldn't have inherited what God had given, what wanted to give him. But he stayed true. And they've got the best marriage. And that's, you see, the things of heaven are clearly seen on earth. If you stay true, you persevere, you keep your single eye, you will inherit the things that God has promised to you. So this year, God spoke to me out of, oh, well, it was last year, for the word for this year, which is Jubilee. And that means the blowing of the trumpet. But it, it was a blowing of the trumpet for a year of rest that was on top of a year of rest. Um, and it was a year of restoration. Now, Kylie and I just went to a, um, a state conference with the, the group that we're a part of, the Australian Christian Churches. And... Um, they were. They have said that the executive have made a state that this year is a proclamation of um, restoration, which is what Jubilee was. The land was returned, and how's other churches are having the year of the Lord's favour, and we're like, wow, like this is this is a common thread through the church at the moment. But we were at this conference, and they were all speaking and prophesying into the church imagine what would happen if we just left it open for the Holy Spirit to move imagine if we weren't governed by our time schedule anymore but we just said God whatever you want to do right now just go ahead and do it and 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 we just did prayer whenever we felt to do prayer and and I'm that night I went home and I'm laying in bed and I'm saying Kai you realize that everything that they're talking about that they're saying the church could be this the church could have this encounter. The church, and it's the first century church. That's what they're talking about. And, um, and I said to Kylie, we've stepped into that. We, we've stepped into that. God's been calling us. And it's not because, oh, are we special? No, but it says that he's a rewarder of those who diligently seek him. And we had, we had nights, Wednesday nights of, of worship time, um, leading up to the 10 nights of fire. We didn't get through the 10 nights of fire. We didn't need the 10 nights of fire. We only needed eight nights of fire. In fact, we could have cut it six nights of fire and had a night of rest because that God says six days shall you work and on the seventh you shall rest. And we're like, maybe I wouldn't have got COVID. I don't know. Um, <laughs> but this is a year of restoration, a year of restoration. And one of the primary things, and I was speaking with a dear friend this week and we were discussing things and he realigned what I was saying so beautifully and he says, it's all about knowing God. Do I really know him? And I'm going back to 2 Peter here. So devote yourself to lavishly supplementing your faith with goodness and to your goodness add understanding. 
and to understanding adds strength of self-control. And to that strength of self-control, add patient endurance. And to a patient endurance, add godliness and to godliness mercy towards your brothers and sisters. We've been hearing all this this morning. Like I'm hearing about the family, you know, about we're brothers and sisters and, and recognising again how, how strong the family unit must be. Um, but what really gets me, it says, and to mercy towards others and unending love, which in other versions, this is passion. It says to, to brothers and sisters, to the, those in the house, brotherly kindness and to everyone else, agape. Agape love, just walking in agape, unconditional love. And it says, since these virtues are already planted deep within and you possess them in abundant supply, all these things are already in you. You already have them. You need to call them out. You need to speak them out. You need to, you can either be like the dry bones and have the dry bones prophesy to you. We're dry bones. We're dead. We're bleached. There's no life in us. And you can let your circumstances or your troubles or your desires in life and your visions and whatever start to speak to you about, I'm not reaching it yet. These people are getting it. Oh, one thing that I've learned about covetousness, the 10th commandment, don't compare, is it brings shame into our life because we start shaming ourselves that I'm not as good as what they're doing. I'm, I haven't reached this position in life. I'm not as beautiful or as, as handsome or as muscly or whatever it might be. And it brings shame. Jesus came to eradicate shame. We're not to live under shame. Shame limits our vision. Shame takes out and steals our joy. It's a deception and it's a lie. But I want to tell you today that what it says here, it says you possess them in abundant supply. They will keep you from being inactive or fruitless in your pursuit of knowing Jesus Christ more intimately. Our pursuit is to know Jesus more intimately. And what's His pursuit? To reveal the Father to us. <laughs> to know Him. Ah. Oh. So Father, we, did you have anything more to, you want to add to that? Father, we just thank you for every good word that has been spoken right now. And as it says in Revelation 19.10, the testimony of Jesus is the spirit of prophecy. So right now we release the spirit of prophecy in each individual that that start prophesying even from a young age, that that start prophesying about their godly partner and who they're going to be, who they're going to meet with. Father, who, what life they have in you, Father, what you have stored up for them, regardless of age, Father, from the youngest to the oldest, that start prophesying your word into their life. Start speaking well over situations. Start speaking well over relationships. Start speaking well over their mind, over their body, over the, the gift, the tent that you have given us, Father, that we would speak well over it. Father, I thank you for where you're taking us. It's good. It's a good way. It's a good way. Oh, Father, thank you for the good way because in the good way we find rest for our souls. Oh, you take us by streams of waters. You replenish our souls. You, you 
give us a table, a banquet table in the midst of our enemies. Father, I thank you for this year of restoration. I proclaim it right now that you are restoring birthrights. You're restoring marriages. You're restoring hearts of of children to fathers and fathers to children. Father, you're restoring finances. You're restoring territories. You're restoring, again, birthrights, birthrights. What you have given us as a birthright, as an inheritance. (laughs) Father, I agree in this. We agree in this right now in Jesus' name. Father, may your kingdom come. May your will be done here on earth as it is in heaven. Amen. Amen. Thanks for joining today. If you'd like to know more about service times or simply want to find out more about church, head to our website, riveredgechurch.com.au.